Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. I'm excited. Why's that? We have an apparel sponsor, Parry Athletic. Such good gear. It's incredible. I've been enjoying it. Bro, George came through, messaged us on the Instagram, said he's been following our program for ages. He's getting stronger and more mobile. And he's got this cool gear company called Parry, and he wants to send us some stuff. And he told me that his mission was to create the best pair of training shorts ever. Yeah, he wanted something that he could lift and roll in that could accommodate thick, muscular thighs and hips. And that suits us. Speaks to us. Also, what I like is I love the colorful design. It actually looks really cool. I am the most colorful dude on the mats these days, hands down. Yeah, you get that kind of expression feel. A lot of other jiu-jitsu gear is kind of a bit boring. Yeah, it's all like grays and blacks and shit. This stuff is the color and the vibrancy. It makes you stand out. The thing that I've loved about it is just it feels good. It feels good. It looks good. And you, ladies and gentlemen, can get a discount if you go to parryathletics.com. When you go to check out, put in the code BULLETPROOF20 and you get 20% off. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. We are going to talk about getting stronger year round, avoiding plateaus. Because that's a dreaded word in the gym. Oh, I think I've plateaued. Ah. Ah. Allergic is nothing worse than you feel like you're making some progress and then doing the same thing over and over again. You start to get diminishing returns and then you're not getting stronger. And what's going on? So we're going to talk about exactly how you can avoid this. Now, one of the biggest problems I I feel is a lot of people do workouts, they don't do programs. Yeah. So what do I mean by this? So for example, I was talking to a friend of mine who, it's kind of weird. He does BJJ, he's blue belt. And I've seen what he was posting on Instagram. And I was like, dude, I messaged him. I'm like, is this the same workout you were doing six months ago? He's like, yeah, it's a good one. My mate gave it to me. And I'm like, uh, am I also your mate? Could I like also help you with a program? So one of the worst things I see on Instagram is like, hey guys, here's a quick 30-minute workout. Try it out. There's no structure. There's no progression. It's just... Well, there's a structure in that 45 minutes, isn't there? Sure. But yeah. But to just do the same thing over and over again, week in, week out, and expect to get better. I mean, yeah, you could make it heavier. Yeah, you can maybe do a couple more reps, a few less reps, but your body does adapt. And then you get stuck. And definitely for lack of a better option, people are, are trying, but you're an idiot. No, I think this idea that people are doing workouts, not doing a structured program that actually uses progressive overload and then will change the exercises over time and things like this is one of the key problems as to why people get stuck and stop getting stronger. Can you speak to this, Joe? The days I work from home, I train at a big Globo gym here near my place. Nice. It's fucking cool. It's like stepping into an alternate reality when I go in there. <laughs> like the other gym I they, train at, I they don't know who you so are. It's a different vibe. They right? don't know me, son. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, you know, I'm just like, whoa, I'm just looking around. People avoiding eye contact, people doing crazy exercise. I'm like, whoa, like where'd you come? And it's almost like novelty is rewarded mm. in such gyms. Good to see with the younger crew now, like a lot of the teenagers and stuff, yep. 
They're squatting, deadlifting, they're doing pull-ups. Like they're doing good stuff. And there are a few cats, don't get me wrong, who are doing good stuff. But majority of people are fucking about. Anyways, you see this thing and I know this person because I worked in a, in a commercial gym for, for a while and I, you see this person and they're doing, and it's often a guy, he's in his like early 40s sure. and he's kind of moderately fit, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't pick him to be a gym guy, but you'd look at him and go, he looks fit-ish. Fit enough. Right? And he's doing a bunch of made-up exercises, usually like curls with presses and side jumps and maybe there's a bit of Swiss ball stuff in there. <laughs> sure. There's always TRX. Oh, yeah. TRX is always it's there. functional. Yeah. And he's like, just, it hits my core. <laughs> and um, you know that he's been practicing that workout for like 11 years. God. You know? And you know, he's just dialed it in. It's like the same way. And he does it so well. He seamlessly transitions from exercise to exercise, you know? <laughs> from fuckery to fuckery. Yeah. And now, and now, look, this is beneficial for your health. Absolutely. Sure. But yes, the key concept that's being missed by this gentleman is progressive overload. And it's yeah. this idea that over time... There is an overloading of the stimulus, i.e. you're doing more work, you're doing heavier work, or you're doing new work. New work. And it's fine, right? Like there is, you have to have an element of consistency. You have to do the same thing for a period of time, but you have to also change it up. Yeah, definitely. At, 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 you know, periodically. And so, you know, while I'm not trying to hate on anyone, if they're having a good time and it- and it's Come on, Joe. And it's the I want to see you hate, bro. Yeah, I'm like, if that's what, if that makes you feel good and you walk out of the gym, you're like, man, that cleared my mind. And we're like, great. But what if you just, like, what if you just like make it a bit heavier? Like, hey, what about try this exercise? What if you actually got stronger? You know? Imagine. Like, yeah, there's, you're leaving a lot on the table. Yes. So in that way, it is not about the workout. It's about- the process. Yeah. And the workout is just a small part in the greater process. Yeah, definitely. And so we have put a lot of time and energy into the programs we have on Bulletproof for BJJ on our app. We put some time. We have. And, it, and we've refined it, right? Because we've gone back. And I, I'll admit that the first version of some of our workouts was too long. People couldn't do it in an hour. Like they just couldn't. For some people, it was taking them an hour and a half. And for some people, they're getting really wrecked off it. And you're like, okay, that's that's no good. That's not actually what we're aiming for. And so it has been refined to make sure you're getting the bang for your buck. But here's the thing. The workouts actually do change fractionally from cycle to cycle. So if you spend six weeks doing something, you're not going to spend the next six weeks doing exactly the same thing. Maybe similar movements, but with some changes in terms of either making the movement more technical or more demanding by making it harder just in the movement itself. You don't actually have to make the move heavier for it to be more demanding. It, you can add complexity by adding two kettlebells or only adding one and it's asymmetrical. You know, there's a lot of ways to add complexity to a movement, which means you're like, whoa, this is far harder than I first thought. And that's the thing, when you just look at it on paper, you're like, oh, it's only a small change, but it will make a big change in how you train. And so what we've done is we have our cycles, two, two six-week cycles to a block. That's cycle one. So six weeks is a cycle, two cycles, three cycles. You're working your way through. Some people will say to us, well, I've done all the cycles on a workout. I've done all the kettlebells. On what a program. Do, on a program. What do I do now? Now that's nine months. There's a good nine months of training. Go to the there. beach, brah. Just flex. Show them all. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Get out there, sister. It's a common, it's a common question. I've completed this program. Where, where do I go from here? So typically what I say to people, if, if someone's done a, a heavy strength block, it's good for you to then go, right, I'm not going to go as heavy. I'm going to go to something which is more like swole, do hypertrophy training. Or if you spent a bunch of time doing hypertrophy, doing the swole program, and you start to feel a bit more buff, you've put on a bit of weight, now maybe let's dial that in and get you a bit stronger. There's a number of ways you can do that. And I believe that probably access to equipment is probably the limiting factor. Yeah. What would you say? Yeah, like, so look at the heart of it. Like all the programs are pretty similar in terms of the exercises, aren't they? Sure. Like a whole bunch of squatting variations, hinging, pushing, pulling, like... Sure, each program has its unique kind of features, but it, uh, when you boil it down, the stuff that we're doing is it's not wildly different across all the programs. But what is different is the intention yes. of each of those programs. And so, yeah, when you're doing the swole program, it is all about putting on lean muscle mass. And that then means there's a, there's a certain rep range, there's certain tempos, there's certain pairings of exercises that are designed to like elicit the most amount of muscle growth. Yep. Once you've done that for three months, six months, you probably need a change purely just because you're getting a bit sick of like burning out your fucking triceps and your quads at every session, right? Yes. And so that's when, yeah, jumping to say strength 101 yeah. is a really nice change. The movements don't get completely different. So you're carrying over your kind of all the skills you've developed in swole, but the intention behind the training has changed. It's now about longer rest periods, being well recovered so that you can exert the most amount of force and actually build big strength. Yeah. So I think it's really nice to to move between different programs in that way. Of course, some of the programs are designed to be used in a gym, so you need equipment. Mm. If you don't have any equipment, you've still got a couple of programs in there that are handy like Kettlebell and um, Living Room Warrior. Sure. But at the heart of it, like if you navigate your way through those, spend six, three to six months on each one, man, you've got like a good couple of years there. Yeah. of really solid strength and flexibility gains. And you're going to learn, like you're not only going to get all of the benefits of the training, but you actually learn how to train. Yeah, exactly. And within that, there is different structures, right? And so there's something to be learned in that, like the message within it. So for example, you have less rest time when you're doing muscle cardio because it is designed to not let you recover. Whereas if you're doing strength 101, there's heaps of rest time because we want you to be really fresh. So you lift really well. And it's not to say we don't want you to lift well during muscle cardio, but the exercises are less complicated. They're not heavy. So it, it's safe for you, to, for you to be doing, you know, 10, 15, 20 reps of a movement. The mistake people make, and this is a jujitsu thing, is they take the pohada, I just have to fucking die. If I don't die, it's not a good session. Mm. And they take that to the weight room. And I think this is a huge huge mistake because the idea of going to failure and completely fucking yourself out every workout actually doesn't necessarily build you to be a stronger human. And so if you're looking to be stronger year round, and actually I said something unpopular on our community group the other day. Oh, a gentleman said, yeah, I'm training six days a week. Yeah. I'm doing standards, but I want to, I want to try and fit in some cardio. I was like, bro, how about like do one less day of jujitsu and, fit one more day of strength in or something like that. I know that's not what he wanted to hear, right? But truth be told, doing more is not better and completely wrecking yourself isn't also better. To get str- 
Yeah, it seems strange. Yeah. Say it ain't so. God. But honestly, if you are trying to get the most out of your jiu-jitsu and you're mo- the most out of the gym, you've got to actually learn where your limit is. And it's different for everybody. I find I can tolerate a fair bit of lower body stress, but then upper body, I get smoked out pretty easy. If I'm doing a lot of like pressing and upper body pulling, it takes me ages to come back from that. Whereas squatting and deadlifting, I can kind of do that twice a week for each and be okay. Yeah. But if I do a really big lot of pull-ups, oh, my biceps and my lats, I'm just, maybe I'm just, you know, everybody's different. Yeah, but I think too that that's, they're smaller muscles too, aren't they? Of course. And so they they really get, they get fatigued like faster and you feel them more acutely. Mm. And I would also say that it's like, like you can really tax the upper body in a way that, like the lower body, you can tax the fuck out of that too, obviously, but there's, it's so it's often very compound, isn't it? So you've yep. got a lot of muscles contributing to the movement. Yes. Whereas our body, it's still compound, but it's like you've got these little biceps, you've got these, like you've got these medium-sized back muscles. Speak for yourself, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's like two upper body sessions a week. Even when I was doing like a huge amount of training back when I had a break from jiu-jitsu and I was really focusing on the movement stuff, I could only do two really intense upper body sessions a week. Mm. But I could do pretty gnarly lower body stuff. Same deal, like three, four times. Yeah, and and look, I think this is you know we are we are leg dominant humans. You might get someone else, like a, a friend of ours, K- Kieran Lefebvre, who just loves pull ups, <laughs> and like I could just do pull ups five days a week. Wouldn't phase him, you know? Like he's yeah. really built that way. And so if you have less legs and more upper body, the leg stuff's going to hurt you. But here's the key thing in all of this: we are always about the minimum effective dose. So we want to give you enough for you to get better, but not so much that it has a negative impact on your jiu-jitsu. This is a really important thing that you've got to be able to kind of stress in your mind. Like, how do I feel strong on the mats and also strong in the gym? What is that sweet spot? For you, that might be a certain amount of jiu-jitsu and a certain amount of lifting. You do have to work that out for yourself. That's not the, that's not the answer we can provide. No, we're giving you a starting point. For sure. Three jits, two strength, three mobility, but you go from there. Yeah, you could dial it find, up. On. Find your maximum, your minimum, what is it? Maximum recoverable. Yeah. What is it? What can you bounce back from, right? Yeah. And so Mike Mensah, he was, I, I've actually found, I think it's called, what's it called? This shit keeps popping up on my Instagram. Yeah, dude. I love it. It's just, a bunch of fanboys it, making content with it's his. It's just photos of him looking immense and him going, don't train that hard. Like train really hard, but not much. And I'm like, oh, how is it possible? How is he so colossal? But he says something really interesting that for every rep and every set you do, it eats into your recoverability. Mm-hmm. So it, he was like, if you can be done of an exercise in two sets, isn't that good enough? Like if that is going to build your muscle, or that is going to get you stronger, just do that. Because you want to get to the to the recovery phase so you can get back to the gym quicker and kind of keep this process going. This idea of the go to failure, pull harder, all this stuff. Yes, it's hardcore. Hardcore is cool. Like I love, you know, you're not hardcore unless you live hardcore. Like I, I love that shit. And you can say it's cool and it's a badge of honor, but also you're the one who's sitting on the couch being like, I can't fucking walk. That's not that fucking cool. Your kids don't give a shit. They want to go to the fucking park. You know, you're, you're crippling yourself in the name of pride or the badge of I'm hardcore. At the end of the day, no one gives a shit. I know. 
Because I try to be hardcore on so many things and no one cares. You know the party meme where the guy's standing in the corner is like, I bet they don't even know I could choke them all out in 20 seconds. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. You know, it's just but I've had that thought. Yeah, it's just people like, <laughs> you just think more of yourself than anyone gives a shit about and no one really cares how fucking hardcore you are. They will remember my name. <laughs> As the antisocial guy in the corner doing yeah. half raises. I guess like coming back there, we've kind of identified almost like what there's two sides of it. There's the people that just don't do enough. Yes. And the workouts are just the same and that's plateauing. But then there's the people you're saying there that just go too hard all the time. Yeah. And they can both lead to plateaus. Yeah. And I mean, they lead to plateaus in a, in a different, they take a different route to the same place because the person that just goes hard, they probably get a bunch of gains, but they ultimately burn out. Yep. And then they like take a month off. Yeah. You know, their train takes a dive, they get injured, whatever. So the sweet spot, let's let's look at that. Like that that sweet spot is really like, yeah, train hard, but like train really well. Like yes. make your repetitions high quality, make your workouts high quality, stick to the rest periods, make sure you do everything that's in the program, make it two to five percent harder next next time. Yeah. Just a small increase. Cause I'll give you an example. I'm in week seven of the current program that I'm doing with my guys. Yep. And we've got some loaded conditioning in there. Oof. And so I'm doing like a, it's a deadlift into a sandbag squat into some kettlebell pressing. And all I've been doing is either adding a couple of reps mm -hmm. from six to 10 reps. So I add a couple of reps up to 10 or I dial up the weight by like whatever, sure. five or 10 kilos. Sure. I'm now at a point where the deadlift is heavy. The sandbag squat is heavy. And the, the kettlebell guard attack is like, I'm just trying to catch a bit of breath before the next round. <laughs> sure. It's fucking, it's horrendous. Yeah. But it's at week seven and I've only got two weeks to go. That's so I'm right. like, You're I, hanging can, in. I can do this. But the first five weeks were not that full on. It was well, manageable. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, if I had a rush to head, like, like say one of my guys in my group rushes ahead, he's like, oh, I'm going to fucking chuck this on. Let's just go for 120 on the dead. You're like, man, hang on. Like we're doing this for nine weeks. Like, don't blow your load now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just little increments because each of those workouts building up, that's preparing the body and that's that's making you stronger. Ready for the thing. You jump in ahead. You're like, oh, fuck, that was a really hard workout. Next week, you got to back it off a bunch. You've got this undulating performance. that's like, I don't even know if I got better at anything. True. So I think like small increases week to week along with the quality and doing a good job of all the other stuff, that's the fucking goal. Definitely. You do it for a long period of time. I guess the thing is the advantage your people have in your small group is they have you to regulate, okay, guys, now we're doing something different. Whereas for most people, they may not know any better and they're like, but all I have is this workout that my mate Mick gave me. And you're like, all right, well. He's a big. Yeah, he's, he's huge and strong. And he just says, just eat chicken and sweet potato and you can look like a ziz. Ziz, ziz. not a ziz. Well. How dare you. Oh, <laughs> slander his name, R.I.P. I think his content's coming up a bunch too, which is great. Oh man, it's coming back. <laughs> Chess bra. I think one of the things that is like, if we, we all boil it down to being able to get better and, and you know, Hodger Gracie was saying, he was talking about people who train to get better and then people who train to be tough. And that ultimately people who train to get better work on their weaknesses and that people who train to be tough w will be tough, but will never be better than people who actually work on their insufficiencies and balancing themselves out and work on things they suck at because that's where this, that's where the gain is. Yeah. And so ultimately spending time just working on the stuff that you're good at or strong at, that can also hold you back. So by changing up your exercises and exposing you to something different, 
that actually gets your body to move in a different way, which means you have a greater bandwidth for strength. You're stronger in more positions. That will make you feel stronger in jujitsu. And I think really being able to have that that uh, physical stress tolerance across different positions, different exercises, it just makes you less breakable. Yeah. And that's that's really, you, you can't feel strong on the mats if you're fragile. Yeah, it's a great point. Like going back to that kind of idea of the person that does the same workout all the time. Let's say they, let's say that they were dialing up the difficulty in some way week to week and they were getting stronger. Mm. That person's still only doing the same eight movements every week for years on end. It's eight movements. Your body's capable of moving in so many different ways. Variations. So you're you're carving a deep groove in in these movement patterns. Yes. But what happens when you get taken out of that position on the mats into a completely different position? Now, old mate that I'm referring to doesn't do jujitsu, but let's say that's you know, let's let's just say that, that person does. You want to have, just like you said, you want to be, you want to have tolerance in as much, in as many varieties of positions as possible. And this is where starting a new program, doing some exercises that you suck at mm. becomes extremely valuable because you're like, oh man, I'm exposed now. Yes. I'm exp- I was doing really good on that last one. Now like this, I can suck at all this stuff. There's a whole bunch of low hanging fruit there for you now. Yeah. And no one's saying that you can't get really good at certain things and that you can't have your favorite exercises and, and you can't train them regularly. You should, you know, but you should be aiming to expose yourself to some of the stuff that you suck at on a regular basis so that you are not building just a couple of deep, narrow grooves, but you are like building a fucking a trench that covers, you know, many different, much like a much larger area. Yeah. And you can be, you can be proud of that. It's just like me, like a couple of years ago, I just ignored my taxes, right? I ignored my taxes for like four years. And then I was like, good move. This is, this, <laughs> this is, this is, this is I, I have to fix this. Right. And so I got, I got recommendations on accountants and I, I, I started working with this guy and he made a plan for me and I felt better in myself. Like I'm, I'm not trying to avoid paying my due. I just didn't manage my money well in full honesty. And I'm like, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to suck at this. I'd like to have the competency, but I need help. And I think a lot of people need help with their training. It's not that they're bankrupt. I, I haven't been bankrupted. I've got it under control. But people are bankrupt. What are you going to fucking take from me, bro? What are you going to take? <laughs> you, want, <laughs> you want my car? You want not in my name. <laughs> my house, not in my name. You know what I got? Who got? <laughs> uh, does anyone know what, ref, what film that is? Is that... Is that Goodfellas? Nah, I think it might be um, shit. Don't even know your own reference. Is it Johnny Depp and the fucking when he's doing the cocaine thing? Anyway, it's all right. I digress. All I was gonna you say got on is top of your taxes. You, well done. I did, thankfully, and it's not that I don't want to pay my due. I do. Uh, social responsibility, as reckless as you may think I am, I'm all about the social responsibility. You may be bankrupting yourself physically. You think you're doing the right thing, or maybe you just can't face the truth that you haven't stretched your hammies in 10 years and you sit still all the time, whatever it is, you will be fucking proud of yourself when you do that thing you don't want to do. Yeah. And you can. And your jujitsu will get better as a result. And here's the crazy thing. You don't even know how strong you could be, you know, because you're not tapping into that thing that you're avoiding, which is newness and something which is a bit unfamiliar. Yeah. So I think my my summary on on this is, if you've got a workout you love, 
Nothing wrong with that. But honestly, you should have a program that builds you up over time and gives you change when it is time to change. That way you also don't overuse a movement, which could lead you to injury, and also makes you a bit more resilient across the board. Even though you've got to be a bit more patient with it, it's, I think it's better. Yeah, yeah, there's a discipline involved in that. And I think, um, you know, to add to that, the big takeaway for me on this chat is like, be committed for a longer term. Don't look at it as workout and workout. Like it's all workout to workout. Yeah. It's not like, it's not about having fun for the next 60 minutes. It's about being able to look back and go, man, this journey that I'm on is rewarding and I'm really getting benefit from this and that's fun. And maybe some of that time that I spend in the gym, in, in that workout, I don't love all of it, but overall I'm stoked with the process and I'm committed to it. Now, as a practical thing that some of our users might be asking is how long should I be on a program before I change? Yeah. I always say minimum three months. Sure. Minimum. Just if you start a program and you want to give it a go and you're like, ah, you know, whatever. After a month, you want to try another one? That's cool. Give it 12 weeks. Yeah, 12 weeks is what you need. That's enough time to squeeze the juice, get some gains from it, let your body like make some adaptations and then you move on. If you move on prior to that, you're kind of not really getting much out of it. So you sort of maybe wasted the last few weeks. Use three months as a minimum. I think that's a good recommendation. I think we'll leave it there. Boss, boss. Thank you, fam. See you on the inside. All right.